Alright, what's going on guys? Welcome to episode 4 of Jocks Your Socks Off. Today I'm going to be doing a little character study of one of my favorite villains, one of my favorite characters in comic book and pop culture history, the Joker. And I'm super excited to get into this. I did a lot of studying on this and I'm really looking forward to getting into it. So let's get into it. So the Joker... In mainstream continuity, his name is unknown. Nobody knows who's who this guy is. He's just this crazy fucking psycho who does all this stuff. Nobody knows his real name. Nobody knows his true intentions. In the movie Batman 1989, um, his name is Jack Napier. Like a, a mob guy, an underworld guy who falls into the vat of chemicals and then comes out as the Joker and makes that his persona. So we all know how that goes. His first appearance was in Batman number one in 1940. Created by Bill Finger, who was the writer, Jerry Robinson, who was the artist, and Bob Kane. And there's controversy as to which if Bob Kane helped come up with him and everything and Bill Finger said he did and all this stuff. But you can go back and research this on your own and see what was what. Because Bob Kane created Batman and with Bill Finger as well. So uh, you, you go back and uh, research this on your own and see what, what you kind of come up with so that's who it's originally credited for his finger as a writer and jerry robinson as the artist his abilities he's not superhuman he's not a mutant he doesn't have all these powers he has a genius intellect he's smart as fuck he's a brilliant chemist and inventor which he utilizes to come up with his his weapons that he has, you know, like a Joker gas, uh, razor tip playing cards that he throws, um, you know, the 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 poisonous flower that he can squirt and stuff. All this stuff was displayed over the years. He's a master of deception as well. He's he's smart as fuck. He's he's smart. For he's a super villain. He's a super villain. He's smart as hell. He knows how to take care of any situation, and he kind of does that. So let's kind of move into the pop culture aspect of it and how he showed up in television and film. So in 1966, he was played by Cesar Romero. In uh, the Batman movie and the Batman TV series back in 1966. And this is honestly one of my favorite portrayals of the Joker on film. Cesar Romero did such a great job playing the Joker, playing the jokester, playing the trickster. He wasn't really like super devious. He was more clowny. But that's what I love about him. And I love the way Cesar played him. 
He did such a great fucking job. And he's creepy as fuck. And you can tell he's devious. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's hard to describe, but... Cesar Romero as the Joker is one of my favorite portrayals ever. Although there has been a lot, you know, since then there's been some great portrayals of the Joker. But I will always love that Batman 66, Cesar Romero, Joker. He was, he was ruthless. He was cunning. He was funny. He had fun with it. And... It creepy as fuck too. I think I it's I I love Cesar Romero's Joker. You can't top that. I don't think it. It was so fucking great and so fun watching him uh, do that. Oh, so much fun! I can't speak enough about it. I could spend this whole podcast talking about Cesar Romero and the Joker. Uh, next, you know, he's played by Jack Nicholson. In Batman, 1989, directed by Tim Burton. And so, he kind of gets into the origins of later year. You know, he's, his name is Jack Napier. He's his underboss, you know, and he falls into the vat and turns into the Joker. And he's just trying to, trying to goat Batman into showing who he really is. And he did good. Uh, Jack Nicholson, he he was psycho as a Joker, you know, like one scene where he electrifies the guy with a joy buzzer, just fries the dude down to a skeleton. And then he's, he's actually having a conversation with this guy. He's talking to him. He's joking around with this, this corpse that he just fried it's like that is like so depraving and so devious and it just shows that mental mindset that the Joker is in. Like he'll kill anybody that he has to, you know, and he has the Joker gas and the Joker products and all that stuff, you know, showing he's a smart chemist and can kill people however he wants to. Mark Hamill. Old Luke Skywalker did the voice of Joker in Batman the Animated Series and uh, some video games after that. And he did a great job. And you would not know it was Mark Hamill doing that voice unless you knew about it. Like, unless you saw credits saying that Mark Hamill was his voice of the Joker. And he did a great job. Just this devious, scary, kind of creepy voice that he did for Batman the Animated Series. And that's one of my favorite cartoon series ever is Batman the Animated Series. It's so good, so deep, so many good stories. Uh, Paul Dini did a bunch of stories uh, for, he's a, he's been a writer and everything, you know, comic books and you know, cartoons and movies and stuff like that. He's a fantastic writer, and he he did an awesome job writing a lot of these stories. And to have Mark Hamill do that voice, he did perfect. So next up, I guess we have Heath Ledger in uh, The Dark Knight. And you, you, you can't say enough about this. 
It's a it's a perfect performance of the Joker. Is what Heath Ledger did. And I wish he was still alive. I wish he was alive to see how great of a job he actually fucking did on this movie. Because Dark Knight, it's a great movie. But Ledger makes that fucking movie. He makes that movie. He is the Joker to the fucking T. Just ruthless and jokey and... He's fucking awesome. I wish that dude was still alive because it was so fucking awesome. You can't say enough about Heath Ledger's portrayal as a Joker that he did on that movie. It 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 was it was perfect. It was pitch perfect, and you can't top what he did. So fucking awesome. Such a great job. I really wish he would have lived to. Uh, to see what kind of impact that he had on cinema. And Dark Knight, it's it's like one of my favorite movies. Not just as a comic book movie, because it goes past that. You know, it's an action movie. It's a detective movie. And I, you can't really put it in the category of a comic book movie, even though it's Batman and the Joker and all this stuff's going on. It's such a great movie, period, in cinema. And I fucking love it to death. I watch it all the fucking time. And Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies. And a lot of it has to do with Ledger's portrayal as a Joker. He's he's scary. He's creepy. And it it's 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 unnerving. It's really unnerving watching him play this role and knowing some of the stories. Like when he goes to Bruce Wayne's uh, little penthouse and he first sees Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. And that was the first time she ever saw Heath Ledger in makeup. And she's visually, she's creeped out by it. Like, legitimately like creeped out by it so that's why she keeps her eyes closed a lot because that look was authentic she did not see him prior to that didn't know what was going on so when she saw Maggie Gyllenhaal Rachel Dawes Joker came into that penthouse and started doing all this stuff to her she was legitimately creeped out and if you know that and you go back and look on it you can see the look on her face that she was she was creeped out by it. It's it's fucking freaky too. Like imagine a guy like that looking like that coming up in your face and doing all this shit to you. It's it's really really fucking scary. So I'm gonna take a little pause for a minute. I'm gonna have a little drink if you don't mind. I'm gonna drink some water. So, uh, next up, he was portrayed by Jared Leto in Suicide Squad. We all know how that went. Shitty. Worst portrayal of Joker in a long fucking time. Nobody liked that. If you like that portrayal of Joker that Leto did, then what the fuck is wrong with you? I don't know. What the hell is wrong with you? It sucked. It was... 
it was fucking horrible. And like Leto tried to get into character and do all the sick shit to his to his uh, castmates and stuff like that. It just didn't happen. It didn't happen. Like Suicide Squad, it, them the movie sucked, honestly, and just Joker in there made it suck even more, in my opinion. They could have left him out, and it it sucked. It really sucked. I do like Leto as a as a rock star and as a uh, actor and stuff, but he fucked it. He totally fucking shit the bed on that one. It he sucked. And if anybody likes that, I'm not even gonna apologize because fuck you. It's he fucking sucked, uh, big time. So next one we kind of see him is Joaquin Phoenix in Joker. Great portrayal. I think after after Ledger did such a great job, the next best thing is we have is Joaquin playing him. And he did a great job. Joaquin is a fantastic actor. He really put all into this character, you know, uh, suffering from, you know, these mental disorders and whatever he was thinking and stuff and really brought out, brought it out. He brought it, the grittiness, the darkness of this character who finally just, he's tired of everything going on and he just snaps. And in his mind is justified. He's okay with doing this stuff. It's justified. It's, I haven't watched a movie in a while, and I need to go back and revisit it, but it is one of those movies that once the ending hits, it's like, holy shit. Like, what did I just watch? You just watch this, this quote-unquote normal man spiral out of control into this monster. And it just takes him over. And he's just fucking tired of all this shit going down. And it's really it's really a hard-hitting film when you go back and look at it and examine it for what it is. So, like, the first watch, you know, it's like, holy fuck. But then you go back and watch it and you see, like, okay, this stuff could derail a person, like, what's going on with his life and his mom and everything that's happening around him. And he gets fucking jumped, you know, by people and stuff. And he's just fucking tired of it. So he takes matter into his own hands. And when he's in that talk show and he shoots fucking Robert De Niro on the fucking head, it's like, holy shit. Holy shit. This dude is crazy. This dude is fucking unglued. Hardcore crazy. So Joaquin is my second favorite, I think, portrayal of the Joker. Um, I'm still waiting to see what they do in the future here with that, if they will go on with that at all, as to him being playing him. But he's a really close second after uh, Ledger. Um, Ledger fucking just... Oh, man. Ledger's performance as a Joker is fucking perfect. 
and Joaquin is is a really close second because it just shows you the the total dismount of this person like he's going downhill like he's having all these mental thoughts and problems and he just can't do it no more so he resorts to what he think is what what he thinks is right in his mind and it's fucking ruthless so if you get somebody like that that has no remorse that in their head thinks what they're doing is okay that's a dangerous fucking person and that is scary that's the scariest shit ever if you you know you get a person who thinks they can do all this shit and is justified in their mind that's really really fucking scary that's really scary so that's kind of the Joker into TV and movies. And we'll get into uh, here a little bit more of the comic book uh, scenarios and stuff. In the 1950s, he... So he first appeared in Batman number one in 1940. And in the 50s, he came off more as a prankster. More of a jokester. Doing more tricks and doing... The stuff to try to baffle uh, Batman and all that stuff. After the 1960s and into the 70s, he was introduced more as a threat, more of a master criminal. He was vicious and calculating. He was a sociopath and crazy, you know, certifiably crazy is what the Joker was. So they started to push that, and we'll get into it soon about the comics code and everything that kind of kind of paved the way for all that stuff. Um, deaths, he's responsible for a lot of deaths in Batman's life. Um, he's responsible for the paralysis of Barbara Gordon, also the Oracle. He put her in a wheelchair. Because he shot her and uh, left her paralyzed. Uh, he's responsible for the murder of Jason Todd, who is the second Robin, which we find out later in continuity and years and years and years later wasn't the case. And responsible for Jim Gordon's second wife, Sarah, who he he killed. Um. Also appeared in the Gotham TV show. I didn't really write uh, too much about that, but he's appeared, appeared in that. I I haven't watched much of that. I think I watched like the first, pretty much the first season, and that was it. Um, so you guys can check that shit out for yourself. He was originally rejected by studio writer Bill Finger because he thought he was too clownish. Too much of a jokester. You know, not really much of a threat. He was originally modeled after the 1928 film The Man Who Laughs, starring Conrad Veidt. And, and if you look up, look up uh, any image of The Man Who Laughs and look up Conrad, and he has this big old fucking grin on his face and the hair, and that's who the Joker was modeled after. 
was actually this 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 guy from this 1928 movie the man who laughs and he was modeled after that and that really gives a lot of credit to that movie for doing that and kind of taking the credit for that so that gives it all that notoriety and stuff uh, his common origin was the chemical waste. Like he fell in the chemical waste. We'll get into it a little bit after. Which leads to his disfigurement, which drives him ultimately insane. And does all this stuff. Um, yeah, so Batman, Batman number one. He's like a remorseless, like, serial killer and a jewel thief. And he unleashes his Joker venom that leaves all his victims with this disturbing smile on his face that uh, Tim Burton used, especially in the 1989 movie of Batman. He was supposed to be killed in the second in his second appearance in, in a little loop. He was supposed to be killed in his second appearance in the comic book after being stabbed in the heart. But they uh, ultimately thought he was like a good character and they didn't want that to happen. He appeared in nine of Batman's first 12 issues. So 9 out of 12 of the first issues, Joker appeared. So that kind of shows uh, the vigilance and the determination of what the writers and the artists wanted to do with him. They thought he was a great character. They wanted him to stick around. 9 out of 12 of the first Batman issues have the Joker in it in some way. And I thought that was that was really cool. Um, I'm gonna take a little vape puff here. All right, so let's get into the comics a little bit. In the Silver Age, 1951, Bill Finger. Uh, his origin story. Uh, his he was character. He was the Red Hood. Um, originally and did crimes and stuff but then he was disfigured to the chemicals and then became the Joker after he was the Red Hood in 1954 the Comic Code Authority um, kind of cracked down and they attributed juvenile delinquency and violence and homosexuality to the comics, so they cracked down. Parents didn't want to buy comics anymore for their children because they thought they contributed to all that, the delinquency and the violence and the homosexuality. Um, I can't even read my own notes. He was banned. It was banned. Oh, the comics hold, you know, it banned, uh, it banned innuendo Sexual innuendo, uh, violence, and gore, and all that stuff. So, Joker was made more of a trickster. You know, more like Jack in the Box is popping up, and this and that. It wasn't 
really much more of the psychoticness of the Joker because of the because of the CCA, the Comics Code Authority, cracked down on all that shit. So he was he was portrayed more as the clown, the jokester. So getting into the Bronze Age, um, in 1970, isn't what is, I can't. So he was four years gone. After that, the Joker did not appear for four years. In the Bronze Age, he was revived by uh, Denny O'Neill, who was a writer, Neil Adams, who was the artist. And they brought him back as more of the psychotic guy who was the Joker. In Batman uh, number 251, Joker's five-way revenge. So he came back and he was more sadistic, more because the comics code kind of chilled out at that point, but they kind of pushed the boundaries on that. So they brought him back as more of this, you know, force to be reckoned with, this psycho who just did all this shit, you know. That's when he was first uh, introduced. He got put into Arkham Asylum, which was originally Arkham Hospital because he was crazy. And instead of sending him to jail, they sent him to Arkham Hospital, which will later turn out to Arkham Asylum. Um, the modern age of comics, he appeared in 1986 in Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, which is a great book. If you have not read Dark Knight Returns, you need to read it. Batman's old and he's retired from all this stuff. Joker's in there. He's like this lipstick-wearing celebrity. And he can't function without his foe. He needs Batman to function. And he ultimately gets Batman out of retirement and they face off and stuff. Like it's like the Joker, he can't he can't live without the foe of Batman. It's that dark and light thing, that yin and yang that they talk about. Batman is the light, Joker is the dark. They live for each other. They need to keep doing this. Uh, ultimately, till one is dead. Ultimately. So that's kind of what happened with that stuff. Um, 88 and 89 was the book uh, Death in the Family, which focused on Jason Todd, who was the second Robin. He was unpopular with the readers of the comic. He took over uh, Robin's mantle. And he was really unpopular with the readers. And they got to vote if they wanted Jason Todd to be killed or not. And they chose to have him killed, I guess. So Joker beat him to death with a fucking crowbar. And they blew the full fucking room up. And if you know anything about comics after that, apparently Jason Todd lives and becomes a Red Hood. And all this other shit afterwards but they should have let they honestly they should have left it alone they should have left jason todd die because nobody really liked him as a character and they should have they should have left him die seriously in my opinion um in 1988 the graphic novel of 
uh, Alan Moore and Brian Bullard was uh, the Killing Joke, and they they got back into the origins of the Joker. Killing Joke is like a huge uh, monument of Joker storytelling. Big big book. Killing Joke is a huge fucking book, and they kind of re go over his origins, and he was a failed comedian. And he became the Red Hood to uh, support his pregnant wife um, along with that. And just, you got to read the fucking book. I'm not going to, I'm not going to even say it right now, what happens in there. But a couple great books. Yeah. Dark Knight Returns from 86 from Frank Miller. Uh, Killing Joke in 88 with from Alan Moore, who wrote it. Great stories. Great storytelling, great artwork, and kind of pivotal Joker stories that you kind of need to read to understand who the fuck this guy is, you know. Not just watching him in the movies and the TV and seeing what he is. He's he's fucking ruthless. So, you know, he's not only went up against Batman, he's he's fought Superman, he's fought Wonder Woman. In a couple different story arcs and stuff like that. So he's been all over the DC universe. And, you know, he's teamed up with a lot of other villains. Killer Croc, Penguin, Two-Face. So Joker has been around and he's been there. He's been locked up in Arkham Asylum however many fucking times. And gets out and this and that. And shit ensues. Um, in 1982... Or some sorry, 1992, we're introduced to his kind of love interest in Harley Quinn in Batman the Animated Series. A psychologist who worked with him in Arkham and ended up falling in love with him. And it's it's history after that. There, you know, everybody knows about Harley Quinn, everybody knows about the Joker. They do all this shit together, and he leaves her one time, and just, it's it's this whole love thing that, it's like a tough love, like, it's, it's fucked up, you gotta go back and read it and stuff, but 92 is when Harley Quinn appeared in Batman the Animated Series, and they did that whole story arc of Joker was Harley's patient, and they fell in love with each other and stuff. Uh, Detective Comics 168 in 1951 was the first uh, origin story of the Red Hood. And he's escaping Batman and he vanishes after leaping into the vat of chemicals. Which ultimately would take the Red Hood into the Joker territory. He would become the Joker after that. So he's he's a psychopath. He lacks empathy. He has no conscience. He know, he knows no right or wrong. And we don't really super get into why he's like this. It's it's just because he is, you know. So you can take all these origin stories and this and that. Like he fell into the vat of chemicals that made him insane. But how did it? How did this fall into these chemicals, you know, switch his brain 
to being this insane person. So he was, you know, he was a fucking jewel thief and all this other stuff. And he fell into these vat of chemicals and it disfigured him and turned his skin white and his hair green and all this other stuff. How did, how did that fall into the chemicals change him from being just this methodical joker and uh, jewel thief and stuff into the psychotic fucking madman because he doesn't give a shit. He does not care about human life. He does not. And that's so clear in the movies and in the comic books and all the shit you read about that. And I'm going to get into one of my favorites is from 2008. It's called Joker. It's a graphic novel called Joker. Uh, written by Brian Azzarello. Uh, Lieber Hamill. Bermejo. B-E-R-M-E-G-M-E-J-O. Did the art on there. Killer fucking art, man. Uh, Mick Gray did the ink. Patricia Mulvahill did the colors. Uh, Robert Clark did the letters. Great fucking book. If you pick up Joker by Brian Azzarello and Lee Barmejo, great fucking story. It uh, Joker gets out of Arkham. Um, there's this guy, Johnny Frost, who picks him up, who's kind of his like little sidekick throughout this whole story. It's fucking ruthless. It's it's my favorite Joker story of all time. You know, so you can go to Dark Knight Returns is great. Killing Joke is great. All this other stuff is great. But 2008, the Joker, it's called Joker. And that's all that's all it's fucking called. Uh written by Brian Azzarello and it's fucking ruthless. Joker is so ruthless in this and just totally epitomizes this whole character of what he is so you could take everything you know about the joker in the past all this shit put it in a fucking blender put it on on page to this graphic novel and this is what it is he gets out of arkham he goes on his big old killing spree he goes he's trying to reclaim gotham as his own and it's fucking legit and it is ruthless and it is gory it is a, the this is my favorite joker story of all time you know and this is my favorite character i've read so many stories with him in it a lot of stories where he is like really really fucking ruthless um like one he's one in particular I don't know the number and shit off bat, but he fucking beats the shit out of like this talk show host and just fucking beats her down. He has no, no sympathy, no, none of that stuff. No empathy. He'll do whatever he has to do for himself. And that's why I love the Joker. Just a great, great character. In comic book history, in cinematic history, we like I said, we saw some great people play him. We saw some shitty people play him, Leto. Um, 
and uh, they get it right for what they're doing. Like in Dark Knight, Heath Ledger plays him to a fucking T. It is so fucking great. He totally epitomizes the character of the Joker. Joaquin Phoenix totally epitomizes the character of the Joker for that time, for what went on to make him the way he was. Jack Nicholson plays the Joker great as the psycho clown after he falls into the chemicals. Oh, Cesar Romero plays him great as this prankster, this clown, the clown prince of crime. The clown prince of crime. And when you say that, you can't help but think about Cesar Romero. And he did a really, really fucking awesome job. And Joker will always remain one of my favorite characters. Batman is one of my favorite comic books of all time. I have a file cabinet with comics. I have, um, you know, one drawer is DC. One drawer is Marvel. One drawer is miscellaneous companies and stuff like that. And one drawer is dedicated to Batman comics. I have one drawer solely dedicated to Batman comics because Batman is my favorite character. Everything about him, the stories, the darkness, the villains, everything he stands for has always been a big, big favorite of mine. So he has his own drawer. I have a whole drawer full of Batman comics. And it's legit. And I love that. And I go back to these stories over and over again to kind of rediscover them. And Batman had some great villains over the years. Really, really great villains. Two-Face, Riddler, Penguin, Poison Ivy, Killer Croc, all that stuff. Scarecrow. But it always comes back to the Joker. The Joker has had such a impact on uh, pop culture, on how we think of things, how we see of things. And that's, I think that's why Jared Leto's Joker failed so fucking much because everyone knows how the Joker should be. Everyone knows how he should be. Just this deprived psycho, psycho, you know, just a fucking psycho. And, you know, Leto plays it as this fucking messed out, just fucking idiot. He, he fucked it up. I really wish they wouldn't have fucking done that. I really wish they would have kept Joker out of Suicide Squad. It would not have made it a better movie because that movie sucked. But had they kept Leto out, maybe it would have been different. Who knows? But he fucked that character. And it's he fucked it. I, that's, that's it. He fucked it hard. But... So that's kind of my character study into Joker. We kind of got into the different comic ages of it. You know, the Bronze Age, the Silver Age, uh, the Modern Age of the Joker. I know there's so much more to talk about him. There's so much more to go on about the Joker. There's so much more I need to learn about the Joker and everything. But that's kind of my analysis of it. You know, I have my favorite Jokers. I have my favorite Joker stories. I have my favorite Jokers in pop culture, in the movie, in the TVs. 
And that's my opinion. So if you want to weigh in on this, leave some comments um, about the Joker. You want to add anything that has to do with him, just feel free to let me know because I want to learn more about this, more than I read, more than I found out, more than I knew about this character coming into this podcast. So I think that's episode four for you guys of Jocks Your Socks Off, that character study of the Joker. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, Let me know what you guys thought. Let me know what you guys want to hear in the future. And we will try to get to that. So thank you very much for joining me tonight on Jocks Your Socks Off. We'll see you guys in the future. Bye.